Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Wir gerne sehen in was ist los. It's dein Freundo, Seth. I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. Hello, Super Ninfrendos. It is I, the man who forgot to shave for his own podcast, Seth Macy. I am here today, joined by fan favorites, Pierre Schneider. Hello. And Logan Plant. Happy fifth anniversary to development restarting on Metroid Prime 4, everybody. Oh, you know what? That wasn't even a topic on the show, but let's talk about five years ago. 
the development was restarted on Metroid Prime 4. Uh, we all had high hopes. Oh, this could mean it's as little as two to three years away. Um, I, I, Pear, what was your initial reaction to that news f long five years ago? I mean, uh, when I learned that the, the reins went back to retro, I, I, I was cool with it, right? Because um, Namco had come off or Nam Namco had worked on a Star Fox game that we didn't all love um, for various reasons. I actually think it was mostly the, the Wii U pad integration. There was some good stuff in that game. And so hearing that it went back to retro, I'm like, okay, that's good. They did such a nice job with the first three. Uh, I'm happy about that. But at the same time, you're like, oh, man, I recall when we first covered Metroid. So, you know, all the way back to the N64 days. And then in interviews, we asked Miyamoto and he's like, yeah, you know, we would like to uh, keep working on Metroid 64. And then nothing happened um, for a long time. And obviously, we never got a game called Metroid 64, anything like it. And then during the GameCube age, we were like fretting over, wait, it's the team that made our Marines that's working on Metroid. That's terrible. <laughs> and so all of that sort of that that sort of stuff comes rushing back. And then it leads to, but then when we played Metroid the Prime the first day, we were just floored. Right. Yeah. We we played the entire opening mission at E3 and Matt and Craig and I were just like, What who are these people? Why is this this good? And so good. All the fears over the game being in the first person perspective, which funny enough, now there's that same conversation about an Indiana Jones game, right? Uh, mm. all of the every day people just complaining, Oh my god, I can't believe they turned this into a first person game. Metroid is a two D side scroller, it's three D, it's uh it should be third person. All of that stuff just went away. Yeah. I I remember that whole conversation. I remember even personally thinking there's no way that this is going to work. Um yeah. I, at the time, uh it was probably just me, but I thought uh first person was not a good fit for anything other than shooters and I didn't think shooters were even that interesting. Now I'm like a call of duty nerd but yeah and but 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 you know what it was during during that time there were a lot of third person action games right like obviously ocarina of time had had really nailed that sort of exploration and combat gameplay in 3d and and you know the arrow shooting was was really good too um but then there are a lot of third party games that that used the third perspective that were buggy and mm -hmm. difficult it was difficult to see where you were jumping right like even, even oh, if you yes. go back and and play the tomb raider games right like tomb raider feels like the original prince of persia where you have to tell lara to jump like five minutes before she does it right like that that was the age and so there was a little bit of a relief too that a company wouldn't have to struggle with its sort of camera angle for aiming and the sort of the character getting in the way um in hindsight, I you know I, I I thought it was a really cool decision, but I also think somebody could make a killer third person Metroid um, 3D game. Yeah. Oh my oh god. My... Well, well, well. <laughs> if it, it is, Leda <laughs> Griffin. Oh. Hey, oh man, that's gonna stick, isn't it? That's gonna. Stick. Oh man. I had some weird gremlins on my PC this morning, and then I was like trying to get my camera set up and there's this weird thing in my background and i was like what is this i'm moving everything around there's nothing there turns out it was my microphone that was in front of the camera that was closer i was looking too far away from the camera Ooh. perspective than closer and yeah so just well, well. user error <laughs> we're, we're, we're happy you're here yes i was literally just about to say that because we are talking about logan has reminded us that 
Uh, it is the fifth anniversary of the announcement that Metroid Prime 4 was uh, being rebooted. Logan, what are your thoughts uh, on uh, on that fateful day? Yeah, so uh, I think my main thought that has carried through is that we're never going to see Nintendo announce a logo ever again because that was like the uh, one time that that's they did it in the Switch eight. generation. In the history and... of uh, of logo reveals, that is easily <laughs> the, the best one to this day. Yeah, that was I, actually... Yeah. Uh, it was my first E3, was E3 2017 when that was revealed, nice. and I was in a hotel room with my outlet at the time, and we were covering the announcement, and the room exploded yeah. when that yeah. logo showed up on the screen, and yep. then, womp womp, here we are almost seven years later, and we still haven't seen a glimpse of this game, so they'll never do that again, but I think this could be the year. We talked about it on our predictions show for 2024, but... Mm -hmm. Five years, that's about how long it takes to make a AAA game these days. So I think we could be seeing it show up anytime now. So what was unique about that logo reveal is, um, because we've, we've seen logo reveals from other companies that get people excited, but um, it wasn't a Metroid plus number reveal. It was a Metroid Prime specific yeah. one, right? And yep. so yep. it carried more with it than just a sequel is coming. It's basically saying we're continuing the Prime concept. Um, yeah. which, you know, remember we had come off other M and there was a different yeah. experiment. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Hey, uh, other M has People loved, fans, right? so. I, yeah. I could see Nintendo doing the logo reveal again, but the caveat to that is I think the game will be further along in development and they'll just be yep. announcing it later than yeah. they would have in the first place. Yep. Um, just so they don't have this, uh, constant stream of fans asking them, where's Metroid Prime 4? Because I'm sure they yeah. get asked that every single day, hundreds and thousands of times. Yeah. 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 It's actually, if you see a Nintendo employee on the street and you ask them, they have to tell you their honest answer, which is, <laughs> uh, we don't know. We don't actually work <laughs> on development of that game, by and large. So, hey, like, that sort of crackly music when it starts in, that like squeakiness on that, mm -hmm. that, that logo reveal. Man, it's, 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 it's a banger. But we're not here to talk about Metroid Prime 4 yet, unfortunately. I mean, I'm, I'm really excited to when we finally do get to talk about that in 2033 on AR Switch. But we're going to talk about what everybody's talking about. Who, who could guess? What could it be this week? Oh, Pal World. Uh -huh. Wow. <laughs> this game is making people real mad. Um, they're, uh, the, 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 the NBC Facebook group, disarray. Just people mad at each other, flipping tables, talking about Pal World. I'm curious, uh, is anyone actually on this panel actually playing Pal World? Jade, are you playing Pal World? You look like a Pal World, Pal World player, and you've already trophied it. So, yes, I have already platinumed it, despite it not being on PlayStation <laughs> set. No, um, mm -hmm. I actually booted it up for the first time last last night, and I was up to like four o'clock last night playing it because it is actually pretty addicting. Um, it plays very much like a Valheim or Ark survival. Um, I'll say that. I love Valheim a lot. It's <sighs> the, uh, the, the one thing I will say on this one is the building, the base building mechanics feels a lot simpler. To like just kind of jump in and build a build a house as scratch. compared to something like valheim yeah well like valheim wasn't terrible about the the base building and stuff like that um i think it was actually pretty <laughs> solid with that mechanic um but it did have a little kind of like new like quirks when it comes to building this one's building system is almost kind of like fortnite where it kind of snaps you see where you see the, mm. like the free spot and it kind of snaps where you want it to go um which makes it very easy to kind of just instantly build what you have envisioned in your mind okay. um but yeah, yeah. I'm, re I'm really liking it actually like i 
I think I've I'm only interested captured... in this mind reading tech. Tell me more. <sighs> um, <laughs> um, it's just it's done a I don't know. It's I I kept just like last night. I was like, I'm just gonna put it up for an hour so I know a little bit more about it for NVC tomorrow. And then another hour went by, another hour went by. It's very addicting, just like just going mm. through and just upgrading your base, capturing new pals, up buying uh, new upgrades for your pals. Um, I got a harness, so like the little like meganium dinosaur looking one. I got a, a mount so I can ride that around and I just like run over the smaller pals and get experience from them. <laughs> so That's, like just, are you are you playing PC or Xbox? I'm playing on Steam. Okay, on Steam, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the, obviously the Steam version is is the one that's much farther along, and yep. people people are having a little bit more of a rougher time with the Microsoft Store yes. slash Xbox version, but you know it'll get there. It's it's early access, right? Oh yep. my God, you can hold one of yes. the, yeah. the you can flamethrow. Yep, dude, this is so actually kind of dope. I mean, it's kind of funny, right? The 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 Discord is all about you know did. Did they or did they not use AI to create their creatures? Did they or did they not just rip off the Pokemon models? Did they or did they not just rip off Pokemon? I think the the latter question is answered. It's a very, very different game, right? Yes. It's yeah. almost like you can see how it developed. It's almost like a, hey, what if what if Pokemon were real and you were playing a survival game? Yeah, I'd eat a Piplup. Right, like it's like they started We've all there, asked that. What would and they then taste like? it explores the sort of darker questions of like, wait, you're capturing and then you're making them do your bidding for you, right? Like, there's always this kind of unspoken dark thing that Nintendo and Pokemon Company obviously countered with. Oh no, they don't die; they faint, right? Like all of that uh -huh. sort of stuff. Yeah. And so this game just kind of it's almost like satire and you know parody on top of it, and that that. I think they'll have a case there if if Pokemon Company goes to court against them, and and mm -hmm. obviously they cannot claim this is just Pokemon, but they can very much say, "Hey, <laughs> that looks like one of that I mean, is it's... definitely you know that's very close." Yeah. Um, and, and so I I'm a, I'm of two minds. One, people who are pissed off that it rips off Pokemon. Why? As a consumer, and I told my daughter this, my daughter is like, I'm not going to play this. They ripped off Pokemon, right? They ripped off the creatures. I'm like, as a consumer, do you care, right? Like, do you, why, why are you adhering by like the sort of copyright standards and all of that? You know, should, shouldn't you like let the corporations yeah. battle it out and figure it out? Don't feel bad for them, right? They, now, they, got, they got billions of dollars. Like, yeah, and that's, like... that's not, exactly. And that's not to say, you know, if you, if you have this sort of, morality compass that where you feel like you, you want to reward original creations and all that i'm not i'm not crapping on that it's like if you don't want to play it you don't have to play it but it's like you don't have to feel bad for them and you don't have to feel bad for pokemon company and pokemon company is going to look take a look at this and if some of the character models were ripped off things are going to change right this, yeah. the developer is going to have to pay or they're going to have to change uh, the look but on the other hand it's it is not pokemon it's very different uh, and ripoffs happen all the time, yes. especially in video games. Inspiration, mm -hmm. very heavy creative inspiration happens all the time across all genres. I just think that Pokemon is so unique and within yeah. its genre, it dominates so much compared to anything else. There's been other monster collectors over the years, Dragon Quest monsters, Monster Hunter stories, Yo-Kai Watch. They some of them take Dragon off for Quest, a time. Dragon Warrior Dra was yeah, Dragon exactly. Quest Warriors or yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. that did it first. <laughs> 
The concept of, you know, collecting the monsters and using them in battle is something that Megami Tensei arguably pioneered before Pokemon, right? And yep. and and so obviously there's always everything evolves and and the moment, you know, a company comes up with a new genre, you see it explode. Just like Battle Royale was not invented by Fortnite, right? But that is the predominant game that made it popular and and that people are not now now copying. Um on mobile, there are every day they're like you know the clones <laughs> yes. where mm -hmm. it's really hard to tell the difference whether they are a Nintendo game or not, like just visually, and uh, they're just not in the public eye, and so they don't get this sort of scrutiny. And what happened with this game is definitely part of the audience, like oh my god, this is like this is a funny take on this sort of Pokemon concept. I want to play it, and the other half was upset, saying. I can't believe they ripped off Pokemon. That other half kind of contacted Pokemon Company, sent them lots of messages to the point where the Pokemon Company was compelled to answer and say, we're looking into it, which is funny. They usually don't do that. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I was yeah. shocked to see that. I was really yeah. surprised mm -hmm. to see them respond. And I, we have a really good piece up on IGN right now that our UK news editor, Wes, uh, put together where we talked to three copyright lawyers about, does the Pokemon Company have a case oh, nice. here? So I recommend going and checking that out on IGN. Oh, that's awesome. Instead of just reading what we all have to say on Twitter, because we don't really know anything about the, the legal ground that the Pokemon company has to stand on. And I don't know, I kind of tend to think that if they were going to sue, they would have before this game came out. But mm -hmm. I, I think we'll see. It's like, Pokemon is just so recognizable. I think that's why people are up in arms about this. But I mean, look at first person shooters and how similar those all look to each other. Like, it's, yep. things rip yeah. each other off all the time. Yeah, and I think yeah, there's a I, little bit, I think with fans, sometimes there is a double standard, right? Where it's everybody cheers the existence of AM2R, which takes all of the Metroid assets and creates a really cool game, by the way, right? But it's like, you know, that that kind of like skates by because it's not highly monetized and highly publicized like this game, right? And so, mm -hmm. um, you know, you... you 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 ha you can have a nuanced approach to this and say fan games are different, but in in the end, it's all the same thing, right? Yeah. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, this game has sold eight million copies. Yes. Um, yes. Six days. In six so, days. Um, and I know that. Yeah. Obviously, I'm not a copyright lawyer. I did read a Wikipedia article on habeas corpus, and I already I actually didn't. I don't even know what that means. It's just a legal term. Um, but I will say that, like, come on. Like yeah, sure. The gameplay, the the what you're doing isn't Pokemon, but like the designs of the characters. No, for sure. It looks yeah. like there yeah. was like a you know the 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 Look Mario the game. Colors. We have to match the stars and where they go across. Like it looks like that with Pokemon parts. Like here's a whatever Piplup's head with a, a, a you know whatever. I can't think of any other. Pokemon. You can describe pretty much every creature in Power World with the names of three Pokemon. You could say yes, it looks like blank, perfect. blank, and blank. That is the yeah. perfect way. Yeah, it's like, oh, you like uh, what? You don't want to have to choose a starter. Well, guess what? They're all in this one pal yeah. right here. So, <laughs> and I think that's where you know. I think ultimately, um, Nintendo is no stranger to other games having you know parody characters that look like theirs or things that look similar. Um, but what what differentiates this one is that Nintendo is wholesome, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And a picture of something that looks like a P Pikachu with a gun. That's gonna rile them up. Yeah, and, and it's not even like a cartoon gun. It's like a, a like a photorealistic yeah, Kalishnikov. Yeah. That that's that's the sort of stuff where they where they have a case where they go, hey, this can create confusion where parents think yeah. our games promote this sort of stuff and they're mm -hmm. mature and blah blah blah, right? So um, 
Yeah, I, I think we'll hear more about that. Oh, that, yes. That lawsuit. I, or not lawsuit, but the investigation. The investigation, which I think will probably end in a uh, uh, amicable agreement between both sides, whereupon Power World has all of its characters completely replaced. I, I'm very cynical about this. I think that they have all the replacements just sitting in a like a, a, a zip file somewhere. <laughs> and they did this intentionally just to get like the sell 8 million copies everyone's talking about pokemon with guns pokemon with guns and they're like ah sorry we'll just change it and then they drag that zip file over and you know everything's good i will i will say that while wandering the world and just like trying to capture the different pals it's kind of the experience i wanted out of like the, okay. the pokemon mainline like the that's the, yeah, that's a great point that I wanted to get up, uh, get at rather. So, like Scarlet and Violet, pretty famously run like awful. Like Reb Terrible. wanted to score those games higher, but the performance issues were so uh, problematic that it it impeded on her ability to like play and enjoy the game to its fullest. And then the Indigo Disc DLC review. Reb said, quote, I would consider this an excellent DLC if it wasn't shackled to a game that is still, over a year later, an ugly and broken technical mess. So the Pokemon 3D experience isn't up to snuff at all. And then this game comes along. Yep. And is this kind of a wake-up call for the, the Pokemon company? I hope it is. Like, this game runs really well. I was really surprised how smooth everything went. I'm playing on PC. Obviously, I've got a pretty solid PC um but it just it runs great it looks it's very beautiful like it's so colorful the world there's like there's i didn't notice a lot of pop-in and stuff on the steam version which i got a ton of on you know playing pokemon on switch um i really hope that you know whatever game freak is cooking up for the next big open world pokemon game that it is going to you know be able to handle um that the hardware is going to be able to hold it handle it because like yeah. this just you know and it's a little bit on game freak because we saw tears of the kingdom and how big that world oh, is and how much yeah. stuff that did how much they crammed into that and that performance was fantastic so like yeah i hope game and, and, freak just like wakes up yeah and I, I mean look it's tough right like nintendo's internal teams are some of the best developers in the world yeah. and and they're they were able to pull off tears of the kingdom not not that it's like breathtakingly beautiful but it but it gets a lot out of the hardware that's yeah complex like just field of vision action smooth action happening in real time not turn-based battles or anything and it's it's all happening right there and then the different systems right heat and cold systems the weather mm -hmm. systems all of that stuff happening at the same time the chemistry engine um the ai it, it's just a lot and i and book the pokemon 3d games are simpler in design in a lot of ways than tears of the kingdom and so yeah i don't yeah. i don't blame the hardware as much as I blame the development effort there that they yep. need then maybe not a team that's that experienced with 3D still and they need yeah. you know they they're struggling maybe with using somebody else's engine but something needs to happen and it's not just release no hardware it's like make a different game then if it doesn't run yeah 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 I think well, it really thoughts? says something it says something about the state of the Pokemon franchise when whenever something comes out that doesn't even play like Pokemon, but looks like it, like in the case of Pal World, it has people yeah. questioning the future of, of the Pokemon franchise. And I think yeah. that speaks more to the quality of games. I look at Genshin Impact, a game that looks yes. like Breath of the Wild when it came out, but plays completely differently. No one 
anywhere said, oh, wow, I sure wonder what Nintendo's going to do with the future of Zelda because Zelda's in a great place. But Pokemon gets all this criticism instantly because this game looks and runs nicer than the mainline Pokemon games mm -hmm. do. And I don't think there's any such thing as a Pokemon killer. Like, Yokai Watch no. can do it. It no. really tried in Japan. And nothing can do it. This won't no. do it either. No. But I think that it really more of the wake-up call is Scarlet and Violet rather than this. And we, there was even a tweet this morning from VGC's Andy Robinson where he said, from what I've heard, the Pokemon company has taken the response to Scarlet and Violet seriously and is acting on it for future productions. So that's not a report or anything. That's just what Andy's heard. But I think that's the bigger wake-up call. And then this coming in kind of on the heels of that will hopefully hammer in, hey, gamers expect games to look and run better than your game did in 2022. It was frankly unacceptable and I'm really curious to see because we're about to get even better hardware, probably maybe this year. And Game Freak still didn't learn how to take advantage of the current hardware. So right. what are these mm -hmm. games going to look like? Yeah. I mean, the the feedback to Cyberpunk was was rough too, right? To to some of the versions running so poorly, and and it had a a huge impact on how you know CD Projekt is thinking about rolling out projects, and obviously they kept working on it. No Man's Sky is another example where yeah. the developer really took the the user feedback to heart. Um, there's no way that the Pokemon company isn't sitting there and going like, we want people to love our game yeah. and be excited, rather than getting the, this sort of brutal feedback to it, and so. Yeah, I, I I have hopes that they're addressing it. Um, well, I and, think you the know, biggest difference is that about a year after Cyberpunk, that game was good, and today that game is like amazing. Whereas Scarlet and Violet are still, yeah, the same. that's that's because the way Pokemon is conceived is a is serialized content that gets refreshed every couple of years, right? And mm -hmm. Cyberpunk, you're you're not going to get another game for ten years. Yeah. Um. So they just want to make sure it has legs. Um. But yeah, look. On IGN right now, Pal World is the most popular game. Yep. Traffic-wise, nothing gets close to Pal World. It's not oh, yeah. a bubble. It's not an isolated hit with PC gamers. This thing is ginormous, right? Yeah. So it's going to have an impact. And it's going to have an impact on how people think about these sorts of games in the future. And arguably, what you do in this game is way more complex than what you do in the last Pokemon games. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. I mean, just uh, about every feature that's in the the last Pokemon game, this one has it plus more. So mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I will say that the uh, the the news story about the official statement is the number two most visited uh, on the site at this exact moment. Like, so weird just... to see those not Piplups and Apoms. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, so that's Pal World. It's obviously not on Nintendo Switch. If you want to get mad at us for talking about Pal World, I'm sorry. Um, Maybe I, I I won't give you any advice. Maybe just don't. How's I'm sure Nintendo's on the phone with them just to to bring it to the Switch immediately. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not gonna. They're, they're, we're hammering out a deal. It's coming yeah. out to to. It's gonna be a Switch Two launch title. It's, so it's like uh, Foam Stars, you know. It, yeah, that's a yeah, that's a great example as well. All right, um, let's talk about actual Nintendo games that are not ripoffs of Nintendo games. Princess Peach, we got a new trailer. It wasn't like a huge trailer. It was just a transformation trailer. It was showing like Ninja Peach, uh, Cowboy Peach, who I think is my favorite of the Peaches, Sword Fighter Peach, which I thought they should have maybe called Swashbuckler, but I guess that's a little bit more of a pirate type of deal. But I'm curious, Jada, how are you feeling now that you've seen uh, Princess Peach's transformations? How are you feeling about this game that's coming out in March? 
I, I love that you came to me first because we talked. I did about it on purpose because you were late. <laughs> well, we also came to the. We talked about it in the meeting yesterday, and like, <laughs> I love the look of these transformations. I think the abilities and stuff look pretty cool from what we've seen so far, but I, I don't know. It's feeling a little shallow right now to me. It feels like it's going to be a bunch of set pieces just kind of put together instead of something that's going to be very cohesive. Um, and so I, I think that's just maybe just because that's what we've seen trailer wise. Yeah. It's been very just uh, piecemeal um, that we've gotten in the trailers. So like, um, I don't know. It just I want to see how these abilities play out. Like it looks like you're only using one ability at a time. Like you go basically kind of, I don't know, um, good example of this, like uh you go to different worlds and this world is like or this play you're only patissier peach this this play you're only thank you because i don't know how to i didn't know how to pronounce that one so <laughs> uh you're only kung fu peach and so and it's like my question is how long are each of these plays gonna last and how is this gonna cohesively tie together into a full storyline um, that's that's yeah. that's my biggest concern yeah, it's, it looks, first of all, I am dying to find out who's actually making this game. N Nintendo yeah. sometimes, like, doesn't tell so you who's behind a game until it comes out and you see it on the startup screen or in, in the uh, in the credits. Um, some people suggested it's internal. It's folks who worked on Mario. Um, some people thought it would be good feel. Who are really busy with, uh, um, was it Mamida no Bakuru, the, the Goemon clone? So it's probably not them. It looks a little bit like a HAL game, like a curvy it game. It looks mm -hmm. like HAL, yeah. yeah. It looks like ND Cube, who made Mario Party, because it has all these different, like, mm. almost like mini game approaches. We'll, we'll see. We'll see who, who's actually behind it. And I think that will make a huge difference. Um, yes, because as Jada said, it's a little difficult to pull off a game that does all these different gameplay styles and does them all as well as a game that is started from the get-go as it's a side scroller you have these abilities as you progress you grow you know everything is like a kind of a mini game set piece and those games are rarely as good as the more coherent experiences yeah yeah so i love i love we'll princess see. peach and i want to see her shine i want this game to be amazing like this was Same. the very first uh teaser we got during that nintendo direct or whatnot like that was one of my favorite games of that direct. I'm like so super yeah. excited for it. It's just I haven't seen enough to continue that hype for me. Yeah, so that one stage looks like Clonoa, for example, right? Like the sort yeah. of rotating tower thing. And and there definitely seem to be like so these platform elements that that are similar. And I can imagine could imagine the, them to be really cool. Um, I'm actually mostly excited about the the slower paced stuff, like the Detective Peach stuff. You know, I really like the sort of investigation. Um, stuff i would have been happy with with a game centered around that but we'll we'll see i'm not i'm not down on it either i'm just really curious about who's behind it because i think that makes a huge difference yeah um yeah it, was, it helps set expectations when you know the developer because then you kind of know a little yeah. bit about what they're working on yeah totally logan what yeah. are your thoughts and feelings on princess peach now that we see all of her well eight of her transformations we don't know if that's all of them yeah, I actually kind of hope it is all of them because I, I completely agree that I wish I knew who was making this game because I think Nintendo is the best in the world at fleshing out mechanics in a limited amount of time. Yeah. You know, look at Super Mario Odyssey and how they give you a capture and then they teach you how to use it and then 10 minutes later you're doing crazy stuff with it you couldn't have even imagined you'd be doing. They're really good at that and better at that than a game that I like a lot less than the public It Takes Two, which I feel like introduces a mechanic and then right when things start to get interesting with it they recycle it and you never see it again mm -hmm. and and this game could be 
on either side of that fence. If sword, if there's only limited to these six or eight transformations, whatever we know right now, and they're each given two hours to in a 12 hour runtime of this game to really flesh out the mechanics, it could be good. But if it's your sword fighter, Peach, you play for 30 minutes, you button mash your way through very simple combat scenarios and then never see it again. I think that this game could be on the shallower side. So I, th- I still think we're in need of a deep dive three to four minute trailer on this thing at the February Direct, maybe, and then I'll have a more firm stance on this. But I'm excited about it. I think it's great that Peach is getting a game again after almost 20 years since yeah. the only other one she's ever had. Yeah, and I will say, you know, Nintendo's obviously EPD, the, the internal team um, is really good at, was really good at, at giving Mario all these different control mechanisms, right? Like if you remember in Odyssey, you transform banjo kazooie style talk about inspirations you transform and you have Mm -hmm. different control styles and you know the game sometimes has different perspectives sometimes it feels more like a race so they they pulled it off there and i will say how how also pulled it off with kirby right kirby there are driving sequences in kirby that feel very different from the sort of exploration and jumping and floating stuff so it, it it really depends i'm i'm hoping for the best but we all know the main reason uh, we're excited about Prince of Pe- Princess Peaches because it finally introduces the other pink Joy-Con to the United States. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Red, I'm ready for my close-up. Oh, oh my god! Go. Look at that. So that your Switch can look like this too. It's very, um, it's very strawberry uh, uh, fun. I uh, know. I got mine in in Japan. When you buy a new Switch in Japan, you can customize the color set so you can get all the missing um, side colors like the other purple, the other orange, and all that. Um, and the pastels are some of my favorites. They look awesome. Yeah. So coming out, I think at the same time as Princess Peach on March twenty second, if I'm not right. mistaken. You know, you can go pre-order it right now at like best buy but um i don't know what to think i'm i'm optimistic i think nintendo will do us right i was surprised to see detective peach uh because we already have that we have detective pichachu oh (laughs) that was just just so this is a ripoff is what you're saying yeah exactly they're just ripping it they're some softs now uh leave a comment if you uh if uh cow person Peach has you feeling all kinds of ways, but uh, that's yeah. March twenty second, we've got a little trailer that just shows off the transformations. Cow person, yeah. Terrible. What do they call it? Cow poke, cow, cow poke girl, peach? Cow, girl. cow girl, peach. cow girl. Well, it's cow princess, cow princess. You, yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> do you know um, in uh, in San Francisco there's a place called Cow Palace? Is it? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's for- home to rodeos and gun shows and stuff. Wait, really? Oh, yeah. San Francisco? So, yeah, south of San Francisco. Cow Palace. Okay. I, what? I didn't think that... Uh, well, it's got people, monster trucks and... Of all the got, cities like, I've been to, San Francisco is the least rootin' and tootin' of them all. So, no, Although there are parts that are like the Wild West, so that is fair enough. Well, you know, fair... fair. I, I mean, there, there are a lot of conservative parts of California, right? So mm-hmm. it's a little bit... I don't not, think your political affiliation has anything to do with do, whether or not you no, want no, to no, watch but, a guy ride... But, a bull don't think well i think research would indicate <laughs> otherwise no but think don't think of it as a giant palace made out of a cow in the middle of the city it's definitely south okay yeah but so it's it's a giant Wait, palace made out of a north? cow that's south of the city <laughs> no it's south. South, no it's south san francisco that's yeah. right right yeah yeah mm-hmm. okay. I, I just love the name i i kind of i would i love think that's a great name and that palace. does not i again i would not have expected that 
That sounds like uh, rural, like Oklahoma would have cow palace. And you'd yep. go there and it'd be like a wholesome place to just get uh, some, some biscuits and gravy. It's in I, Daly City. I will say, though, the idea of having a giant like cow palace in the very center of San Francisco would be very funny. Um, if it was the truth. <laughs> that would be yeah. hilarious if it was in yeah. the dead center. Like, Grant, I'm National more of a rodeo. Yeah, I'm a, more of a cow constitutionalist than a cow monarchist, so I <laughs> very much against it. Uh, hey, Logan, there's some news that got you very excited. Would you care to share that with the panel? Yeah, we finally got a release date for the Splatoon 3 side order DLC. This is wave two of the expansion pass, and it's coming on February 22nd, which is a Thursday next month. And it's interesting. This is a rare time we've seen a release window move up for Nintendo. This was supposed to be a spring 2024 game, and it's making it in at the tail end of winter. So it's the year of the single-player roguelite DLC. Splatoon's getting in on that trend. God of War, Last of Us did it a few months ago. So, uh, yeah, I'm super excited about this one. There was a one-minute trailer that didn't really show off anything we hadn't really seen, but it was nice to finally get that date confirmed. Yeah, yeah it's uh, look. I'm going back at any time single player DLC from Nintendo goes out uh, comes out. I'm I'm mm-hmm. I'm back in. I'm going to check it. I've fallen off Splatoon three hard on the multiplayer front just because of time. Yeah. Um. But I'm 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 definitely going to play this. Okay. Splatoon single player campaigns are really underrated. The first one on Wii U was a little bit rough. Kind of yeah. it felt a little mm-hmm. bit like a, a first draft, but the, they've taken a step forward every time. Twos is better than ones. The Octo expansion for Splatoon 2 is outstanding. And then the single player campaign in Splatoon 3 is excellent. And I'm expecting more great stuff from this one. I agree. It's it's yep. just like every like seeing every every boss battle is just such a joy. The bosses in Splatoon are so freaking kooky and weird and yeah it's makes me smile splatoon is probably my favorite game series that i just can't get into Mm. as try as i might i just love everything about it but i just i have nothing against it i it just doesn't stick with me and i don't well maybe foam stars will be more yeah perhaps you can join me playing foam stars i'll get the backstory from the foam stars manga like i did for for splatoon with my youngest son so it's actually a very good very good book you should check it out Uh, oh Speaking of Splatoon, uh, the Nintendo Live concert, or excuse me, Nintendo Live, obviously not happening, which is a huge bummer. And the concerts, the Zelda and the Splatoon concerts have been moved to YouTube, which is weird and not Nintendo-like. So Mm -hmm. we can all enjoy them. We don't have to go to Seattle, which is a bummer because everybody should go to Seattle because it rules. It's awesome. Um, Yeah. uh, So February 9th, you can watch the Zelda concert on, I'm assuming the Nintendo youtube channel had i done my research okay thank you logan logan just knows logan has a direct feed from nintendo into his head um and then on the the 10th it's the splatoon one which i think personally i'm a little more interested in the splatoon one just because i i really love how interesting and and weird that music is and i would Mm -hmm. like to see like a concert where it's performed so jada will you be sitting down watching some, some music I will definitely be tuning in for the Splatoon one, and that's uh, the Zelda one I, I might tune in for, um, and it's nothing against Why Wow, I can't believe you hate Zelda. I, yeah, I hate Zelda. It's the worst thing ever. <laughs> there, I don't have a giant Hylian shield hanging on my wall. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, it's more of that, like, I've been to, I think, two or three Zelda symphonies Oh, nice, now okay. Already. So, like, I'm, like, I'm kind of Zelda symphonied out right now. Like, yep. um... And the music for Breath and Tears of the Kingdom, while 
great. Didn't do a whole lot for me personally. So I imagine they'll be pulling some stuff for that for the symphony. But it just wasn't, it just, it didn't affect me as well, as strongly as, say, Ocarina of Time. uh, Yeah, that's fair enough. Wind Waker. Like the music just for me, I just didn't connect as well with the music for Breath and Tears as I did with those. All is forgiven. I completely um, agree with you, by the way. Like, I, I love yeah. the little piano tinkles and all yeah. of that, and it it matches the more relaxed, yes. um, kind of like the 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 ex- relaxed exploration and experimentation in that game. But like, it didn't, especially Tears of the Kingdom, which I adore. It's my favorite Zelda game. Does not have that moment where you jump in on Epona and the classic theme yeah. kicks in, and it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, uh, every every score that i liked in that game was a redo of a previous one in the temples right so and which were really cool like some of them just sounded amazing really good takes on on classic themes but it didn't innovate like a wind wake or an ocarina of time or a twilight princess did yeah Yeah. exactly that so like but yeah to your point uh seth about like how splatoon's music is just kind of like very different very unorthodox has a very unorthodox sound to it compared to other especially other Nintendo franchises. I can't wait to hear what that sounds like in a symphony. Yeah. So I'll definitely be tuning in for that one. 100%. The, the samples used in Splatoon music are so freaking weird. It's yeah. like, there really isn't anything that sounds like that. No. It's so strange. That's the thing. I love everything aesthetically about Splatoon. I just, I love so much. I, I just, yeah. And the but. weird, the weird inkling voices too. And when, yeah. they, when they sing in the songs, it's just so strange. I'm, I'm really surprised you can't at least get into the single player portion of Splatoon, Seth, with being such an FPS person. Like, yeah. yes, it's, it's a third person versus first person, but. Like... Uh, I have the lamest excuse is that I'm a mouse and keyboard guy. Oh, oh that's right. terrible. Yeah. I know. Come on, so, but that's the closest you get to Metroid third person in 3D. I, you know, I, I will take that back. Actually, I do like Not the. um the the tilt controls or whatever the the motion controls for aiming i'm using and... tilt controls oh my yeah. goodness Ugh. so i i don't know why I we're, we, well, can't, um, we can't be friends anymore i don't like tilt what controls. what <laughs> that's the I best use, part i've actually I use motion aim you don't use yeah. motion aim in splatoon no. <laughs> oh, motion aims, though. You, you can't i got to s rank in splatoon 3's uh ranked mode by using motion legend I that is awesome i think my biggest thing is that i'm i'm too mobile when i'm playing um oh. and so like i i it i get jitters when i go to shoot and i miss so like i'd rather just rely on my natural dexterity with my thumbs even though it's slower i just opt i plan my strategies better so i don't have to yep. worry about that slight delay fair enough a lot of people don't know when Jada's playing any game she's also playing ddr so. <laughs> always yes or walking or walking on my treadmill one of the oh two. nice you know oh yeah <laughs> treadmill gaming with switch uh mm-hmm. and motion controls is not a thing <laughs> also not, not the business also motion aiming on an airplane occasionally the thing gets very confused <laughs> as you're dropping 100 feet oh yeah yeah through some turbulence okay so yeah that's exciting i'm looking forward to it uh we're gonna move right now on into Meverse. The Meverse is the segment where we talk about what we've been playing, what we've been doing in our lives as of late. Logan, I would like to start with you because your name is first on the list. Oh. Well, I'll start with the most important PSA of the week, which is that the Apollo Justice Ace Attorney trilogy is out now on Nintendo Switch. So uh, go check that out. I officially reviewed another code recollection, which I talked about last week. That review's up on IGN now. I ended up giving it a seven. And within that review is a poll where we ask, what's the best visual novel adventure series on Switch? And Ace Attorney's winning with over 50% of the vote. So the people have spoken. The demand is there for Ace Attorney. So go check out this collection. Uh, But (laughs) other than that, I am 
I'm gearing up to move soon. I'm moving to a oh. new apartment and I'm getting a nice home office set up for podcasting and nice. working. And I'm looking for a revamped Amiibo display. I'm on the search. Mm. My collection has outgrown my current shelving space for them. Mm. So if you have a good Amiibo display, maybe hop in the NVC Facebook group or just at me on Twitter with what yours looks like because I'm, I'm looking for inspiration. I'll send you a picture what? of mine, Logan. I just got mine. I just finished revitalizing mine. And it fits all of the core ones, but I had to like move my my uh, Monster Hunter ones to my Monster Hunter statues okay. section oh, okay. somewhere else because I was like, I don't have room for these Monster Hunter ones. Um, I have the, enough space. I have like one slot. Big. I have one slot free for Sora when Sora drops later this year. Um, the, but yeah, the like I have I used to use cupcake stands for them. That was mm -hmm. the life hack for amiibo owners: is bakery cupcake stands, acrylic acrylic stands. Oh, but they're just too many. Like there's no yeah. room or shelf in my yeah. my house that could hold that many figures yeah. on those tiered shelves. So just, it's a big old mess in mine too. So when you're done organizing yours, please come by. Yeah, Pear actually <laughs> has, he doesn't want to let out, but he has the same as the, the display in Nintendo New York. Just a big glass case with wonderful lighting. Takes up a no, whole wall. Not, <laughs> takes up not, a whole wall. Not at all. I used to, in the San Francisco office, I used to have a really long shelf. So yes, it yep. went along the wall of one corner of the building where they were in, in two tiered rows. And it was really cool because you realize how damn many of those there are. Um, no, now they're all like, they're in like a couple of shelves and it's just a giant freaking horde waiting to attack you. Yeah. Yeah, mine are just kind of scattered to the wind. I was in my uh, my trunk where I keep stuff, uh, my treasure chest, and there was just some in there. And I was like, "Oh, I forgot I even I even had this mm -hmm. one." So, even I still buy them occasionally. How many, I, Jada and Seth? How many amiibo do you each have? Do you think? Oh God, I, know I don't know. Pear has them all. I have like 150. I think I'm. I'm yeah, like no, no, I maybe have 30. I've sold some of them. Okay. Um, I'm probably in the 120 range. I'd say. Oh damn! Nice. Cool. I look like um, a poser up here. Damn. I think the only okay. ones I'm like like realistically missing are like the rare the like super rare ones like the golden variants and stuff which i just didn't yeah, care to spend i, I didn't i didn't it's like i don't so need to spend a, don't i don't just need don't to count. spend a hundred dollars on Mega Man 11 again i think it was 11 that came with the golden Evo? it was the, oh, the uh um, was yeah. the 3ds uh Mega Man legacy collection, collection. was it um, that one okay yeah i didn't need to spend a hundred dollars or whatever that cost was on that for a gold amiibo um yeah. and then i think i'm missing like the the fire emblem not fire emblem the um uh xenoblade specific ones oh, okay not, are the only ones i think i'm missing i think did you I get have the all... Noah and mio uh two pack i i had it in my cart and i got distracted by something at oh. work and forgot to hit i was like looking for other stuff to add to the cart as well and then when i came back uh after gone. getting distracted it was sold out so yeah. did you the say ones... you were looking for something a bit meatier i was looking for something a bit meatier. oh my god <laughs> This year, I decided I actually wanted to like follow hockey a little bit more than just the most casual of casuals. So I subscribed to a service that streams all of the NHL to your television, uh, the Boston Bruins home opener. I went to watch it and boom, blackout restrictions apply, which I thought was kind of ridiculous because I'm still 200 miles away from Boston, but whatever. Had I had NordVPN, that wouldn't have been a problem. I would have just gone in, changed my settings to another geographic area, and boom, I could have been watching all the Boston Bruins home games like it was nothing at all. 
So now I have NordVPN and I can watch the home games of my local teams streaming without being frustrated. It's the same thing with like Netflix. It has all these complicated licensing rules, which from one country to another don't really make sense. So something you could watch on South Korean Netflix, you won't be able to watch on the United States Netflix unless NordVPN, boom, switch to South Korea and you're watching whatever Korean drama that you want I highly recommend you do that. I haven't done it myself, but people seem to enjoy them. And who am I to try to bring down people's enjoyment? Uh, NordVPN, more than just entertainment and sports availability, it's going to protect you, especially when you're traveling, when you're using public Wi-Fi. People are trying to get in there. They're creeping on you. Bad actors, people trying to steal your password, your bank account details. Who knows what the government's doing these days? I can't keep track. They're all over the damn place. NordVPN. It's going to protect you. It's going to protect up to six devices because I know you have at least that many devices in front of you right now that can hook up to the internet. Boom. Fastest VPN in the world. You're not going to get any buffering. You're not going to get any lagging. Uh, it's going to stop your ISP from bandwidth throttling, which they do. That's kind of sneaky, especially how much you're paying those guys. There's threat protection to protect you from viruses and malicious malware and whatever else. Uh, um unsavory actors are out there. If you want to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash NintendoVC. That's nordvpn.com slash NintendoVC. Victor Charlie. Uh, that link is also going to give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There is no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nice of them, and I appreciate that. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Well, Jada, what about you? What's going on with you? Uh, a lot of Nintendo stuff, uh, but stuff that is also on Nintendo. I've uh, been playing a lot of Prince of Persia Lost Crown. Ooh, uh, I heard good things. Fantastic. Such an excellent game. Like the pacing, the world building, the combat, the combat. Ugh, so good. The bosses are fantastic and just over the top. Um, I've heard it runs really well. I'm playing on PC, but I heard it runs really well on Switch because I believe it was developed for Switch first and oh, then cool. ported elsewhere. I don't quote me on that, but I believe that's what I that's heard. Right. Um, and so it just over the top just so well done. I, I'm afraid it's going to get very over, overshadowed this year um, when it comes to like recognizing like game of the year stuff because it came out so early yeah. and Pal World is absorbing all the, oh, yeah. the buzz right now. I feel like it's going to get just like it's going to be a, uh, another uh, victim of great Ubisoft games that just are undersold and underappreciated, kind of yeah. like Rabbids um, 
the Rabbids games, which the second one at least that didn't sell nearly as well as they hoped. Um, Man, yeah. Jada, I sure, I sure hope not. I, I hope it's not overlooked. I'm with you. I'm obsessing over this game right now. I'm playing it on Xbox. I heard good things and saw good things of the the Switch version as well. Just remove some reflections on shiny floors and things, and it runs like an ace on on Switch as well. Um, Man, it's so good. It's like Metroid Dread level awesome. Like yeah. really clever. There's one area in the game with these, I mean, it's like Zelda team level time puzzles where you're, you know, you're doing the same thing over and over and switching back and forth. And it's like, I was like, whoever came up with these puzzles, absolutely brilliant. The battles are very Metroid Dread-like. They can be a little frustrating, but you can upgrade your character. And it definitely has this learning curve where you might find a boss who kicks your butt in the beginning, and then you learn the pattern and you feel really good about finally figuring it out. And by the way, it's got accessibility options and, and difficulty mm -hmm. set, uh, settings that help you if you are struggling with it. So it's not as brutal as a Metroid Dread. Um, Man, yeah. I think it's so good. The catacombs, the way the lighting works, and ugh, yeah, no, the the art style, the art design, like everything in, about this is fantastic. Um, I haven't listened too closely to the music, but the the bits that I've heard have been solid. Um, yeah. so like I'll need to like l play a little bit longer and actually like put on headphones so I can hear the music kind of like just wash over me while I'm play. But man, just yeah, the combo yeah. system is so good. Like it's just. I can't say enough good things about this game, and I really hope that more people pick it up and that it gets like all the uh, acclaim and praise that it deserves because it's yeah, just yeah. so cinematic, and, so good, like, and it, everything we want from a Prince of Persia like transitioning to this format. I think it's a and and by the way, this game started life. I think it was pitched to Apple for arcade, and and they didn't go after it. And I think it significantly changed after the fact. It's it's. A little bit it's a unique ub strategy where they're kind of listening to their fan base right like for the longest time i love the assassin's creed, creed rpg games but people always said oh i want to go back to the old stealth gameplay so they released mm -hmm. they released mirage which is a more compact shorter game this is I, I don't even want to say it's a return to the old Prince of Persia because the old Prince of Persia wasn't the Metroidvania. It was much more linear. You mm -hmm. it, it was it was basically Tomb Raider before Tomb Raider existed in 2D, right? Which, yep. Where it was more about puzzle solving and, and pressure plates than, than sort of like great timing. This is Castlevania, really. Yeah. I mean, it feels like the evolution of a 2D Castlevania in setting and spirit. And yeah, I think the music was composed by an Iranian composer, and it mixes kind of a, a Persian Persian classic themes with with modern music. It's it's really cool. The one the one weaker part is the sort of storytelling. It's all like kind of still sequences. If it had like awesome animated cutscenes like a Fire Emblem mm. or something, it, I, yeah. I'd like that better. But that's why it's also ten bucks or twenty bucks less than than a triple A game, right? Yeah, yeah. fair enough. Well, uh, yeah, so we had Zach good. on last week to talk about it. He specifically reached out because he loved the game so much. He just wanted to talk about it with someone. And so, yeah, now everyone is just telling me to play this game. Like, Alzano yeah, no, you had a meeting. He's like, have you played it yet, dude? It's the best. So you have to. It's it really I is. I mean, feels like, you know, when when Nintendo does Mario and Rabbit, when Ubisoft did Mario and Rabbits and you're like, wow, they really are able to make a, a Nintendo like game. This is a Nintendo like game. Like you could imagine this in 2D during the Super NES days from the Metroid, Super Metroid team. Mm -hmm. And it's just it's that good. It's so clever. Yeah, you know? it's. Yeah, no, like you said, Pear, like it feels so much like uh, a Castlevania, so much like a Metroid. Like it, it would, I wouldn't have been surprised if this was like a 
Ninten- like Ubisoft had lent Prince of Persia to Nintendo to make right? this game. Like that's what it feels like. And but it's wow. not. It's all Ubisoft just listening to the fans, taking the lessons from all these other great Metroidvania games that have come out over the recent years and yeah. just really nailing the execution. What's really fun is when you play it like I kept on thinking of of like a Super Metroid or a Zelda game where in those games you can before Breath of the Wild kind of took things back to formula, you you see a hookshot target and you go, oh, I already know what this is. I figured out what hookshots do 20 years ago. And in this game, because all the iconography is different, mm-hmm. I'm like, is there a double jump in the game? Do they want yeah. you to come back for that? Or is there a way to get to it the other way? Like, you don't know what's ahead and you can see something that you can interact with, but you don't know what does it. And some of the solutions are very, very Super metroid Some of them are very different. Nice. Yep. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. I'm sold. Sounds awesome. I'm gonna have to put this on my on my list. I'm just gonna have to buy this game. So good. Is there a physical totally release? It. Because I do love physical. Uh, there is. There's, yeah. Okay. yeah. Then I'm gonna buy the physical. Maybe I'll go to maybe I'll go to Walmart right after work today. And go buy a video game for myself. Just go right I'm after the pod. Just go right after the podcast. That's know? true. I'll just, just go right just, after this. As soon as it's, we it's actually, a, all right, I'll see you guys. It's <laughs> just leave now. I Logan joke, can take over. He's got, you guys have both got blue hats. Nobody will know the difference. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Logan and I, similar heights as well. So, uh, uh, Perry, have you been playing anything else? Is there anything else you'd like to discuss for Meverse? Look, in in addition to Prince of Persia, I I have a 20-hour one-way flight coming up, business flight next week. Oh, my God. I've been been loading up my Switch. I downloaded another code. I downloaded Urban Flow. I downloaded Snakebird Complete and, and, of course, Suica game, which is is ridiculously addictive, but kind of yesterday's news. But the one new game that I installed that I want to play more of is, uh, let me see if I can get this right. Otogi Katsugeki, Mamida no Bakuru, Oracle Saitaro no Sainan. So that is, that is the team that did the Goemon games at Konami, including the lead producer. His name is, uh, you know, he, he he's the person that the character Ebisu, Ebisu Maru is, is based on in the Goemon games, the crazy guy. I did not know you were a Goemon fan. Huge Goemon, Goemon <laughs> fan. I don't, I don't know if, uh, how much time do you have? Do you want to, do you want to do like a, a one hour podcast on this? I can do it right now. <laughs> so, so I've been very vocal about wanting the Goemon games to come back and then Good feel. I gotta think this developer pitched it to Konami, and Konami said, "Not right now." The last one didn't sell, sadly. The, it was it was a really nice um, DS game, touchscreen game. Um, so it is going on, but it isn't. And my one big complaint is that it runs like Pokemon. <laughs> oh no! Oh, oh no! So it's not completely done, and it's struggling to stay smooth, and it is an action game. And so it does impact your enjoyment when every time you're jumping and you're turning, it chops up a bit. Now, hopefully the performance gets better the later I get into the game. It smells like going on almost a little bit too much. Um, It kind of mixes up the formula a little bit. If you think of the N64 uh, Mystical Ninja game, uh, it's, it's a little bit more like that where you can explore levels, but it's not like one giant open world. Um, it's, I'd say it's good, but right now I'm hovering between a six and a seven out of 10. Mm. We'll see where, where we get it. It after, performance is just a bummer. See where you, how you feel after 20 hours, it, uh, you continuous know, air. ideally if any U S publishers picked it up and said, good feel, spend another six months on it. I think, I think that it, it could be something, could be something cool. All right. Well, if you're, mm-hmm. if you're a publisher and you're listening and you want to pick up a pair recommended game, 
Nobody's going to buy it. Publisher yeah. just know that, right? Yeah. There's a reason yeah. Konami stopped making those games. And uh, also the other reason I've machines. already forgotten the name because I don't speak Japanese. So that, this, that's, I, I don't know the obsession with those my long titles. I don't know. The, the Goemon games in Japan are the same way. It, it's, it's a joke to them, but it's like, I don't think it's smart. I don't know if it's the same lines for like anime. Like if you've seen a bunch of animes that has like, my life in this other world where I become the strongest yes, thing ever. What the hell? Oh yeah. So that was because um, there were so many, so many anime coming out um, and that th it was a way for them to kind of stand out um, from others, as well as with so many coming out to choose from it gave, um, or the manga, I should say that gave so much manga coming out. It gave the readers an idea about what it was going to be right off the get go instead of like having to like read through or buy a couple issues before they get invested um okay. i'm sure there's other reasonings Kinda behind cool. it but that's one of the reasons is why you see those 15 word titles for yeah. manga and anime now it's something my I youngest know, like... in the 2010s like anime was like uh you know flash red x code 5 laser blast and dragon Setsu. ball and now it's like yeah help i I'm late for school and now I'm married to exactly. a skeleton. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was a I was a teenage tanuki who had red socks he found behind the washer. Um I my my youngest son really obsesses over over these 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 stories and adaptations of manga turned into into fictions. A fiction and every time I ask him what are you reading, he's like, You don't have enough time to hear the title. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Uh all right. Uh Perry, did you have anything else that you wanted to shout out during the Meverse? No, that's it. Uh, th th those are the big ones. No, uh, safe travels. Uh, that's too too much time in the air unless you're uh, like an albatross or something. With a with a layover, it's like twenty five hours flight. Yeah, it's Oof. fun. What's mm -hmm. the longest uh, leg of the flight? Uh, switching planes in in Japan. I know. I'm saying, how long is the longest continuous part of the flight? Probably thirteen something Oof. like that. Yeah, that's that's tough. Anything above eight is is really hard yeah. on the old. It's like thirteen, then five leave or plus five more flight or something. Anyway, okay, we'll get there. I wish you nothing <laughs> but the best. So I shall return. I have been playing. This is probably not surprising at all. I started Golden Sun because I yeah. was super excited mm. for Golden Sun, and uh, I'm enjoying it. But it's not. What I remember, maybe. Oh no! A... Oh, you confirmed Pear's tweet. No, 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 you confirmed. No, I'm liking it. I'm liking it fine. I'm gonna keep at it. But I just, I remember just being so grabbed by this game, and I wasn't a kid. I was in like, I was like, I was in the Air Force when this game came out. Um, I played this uh during work a lot because we didn't have anything else to do. So, yeah, I'm gonna stick with it. Like, because I, I love the battle system. I love all turn-based. Um turn-based rpgs is my like favorite probably genre of game i just love the the style of it the weird squeaky voice <laughs> sound effects that it has mm -hmm. um but yeah it's not grabbing me like i thought it was huh. going to but then again reb said you know uh was it last week she's like just stick with it because it does it will come back around and it is better than you remember but yeah super charming game i love the graphics i love the the style of it and i'm probably going to keep at it just because I'm on an RPG kick. Um, I this will come as a shock pair, but I admitted last week that I beat a game for the first time this year. I beat Final what? Fantasy IV, which I played uh, during wow. my my flights to CES. So 
Um, I yeah. I finally beat Hogwarts Legacy this year, so that was wow. That, that took me ages. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that game came out almost, I think exactly a year ago. So. Yeah, yeah. No, I finally wrapped it up after the, after the holidays. Um, great game. I really liked it. I didn't play the Switch version, which I'm I'm sure is is, is not quite the same. But um, no, what you described with Golden Sun, I think it's just a, a common thing with classic RPGs that we loved when they came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Breath but of Fire is similar, is... right? Final yeah. Fantasy IV, which I knew as Final Fantasy II, I always thought I didn't like, but revisiting mm. it, I was like, oh, actually, I like this one a lot more than I remembered. Four, but four five, six, I I would I would say four, five, six are very strong games. If you go back older Final Fantasy, right? Like oh yeah. If you played Final Fantasy two or three back then, you had more patience than you have now. And yes, the yeah. sort of the frequency of attacks and things are where would wear you thin today. And I, I think that's where Golden Sun is a little bit too, where it doesn't respect your time the way that modern games do. It's when you go when you go back and you watch old movies and you see a sequence where let's say the detective gets a coffee. In an old movie, the detective goes to the diner, you see the hand opening the door from far away, he opens the door, he goes inside, he walks all the way to the counter, he sits down, right? Like it's everything is shown on camera and modern movies just do shorthand. They go, well, people know how to open a door so we don't need to show it. They just so clank, clank, (laughs) he's sitting down and he's ordering. And that's that's how that era of games is where the characters constantly say, did you get that? Do you agree yeah. with that? Do you want me to repeat that? Right? Like it's and and they they keep on repeating. It's a little bit of a Japanese speech pattern too. Mm-hmm. They keep on repeating what you say, where they go like, so you're saying that you did blah 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 blah, because there's no other in-game hint to ever repeat that for you. Mm. Um, no, look, I I really remember enjoying the Golden Sun games when I first played them. I finished them. But I think it's a type of game where I'm just too impatient now to go yeah. back and, and finish them again. It's same with Breath of Fire and some of the other RPGs of that era. It's, yeah, Breath of Fire is very slow. Those type of games nowadays, you have to like really go in with the mindset. You have to be in the mindset like, I'm sitting yeah. down for this. This is exactly yep. what I want to do right now. If you're mm-hmm. picking it up and playing it on a whim, just based off nostalgia, you're going to be like, why am I spending my time with this right now? And I could be playing any of these newer games that I'm going to get a lot more done in the same time. Yeah. Um, so no, I think that's it's why those like yeah. those fast forward modes or quadruple XP modes yes. or limit well, break yeah. modes in the Final Love Fantasy them. games, like they've made yeah. them so playable. I think I think that's that is really smart where because a lot of those games have backtracking and sometimes like a path splits and I'm the kind of person who goes what if there's an amazing treasure chest yep, on the right exactly. path so I have to go back and then <laughs> every second a new attack right pixelated mode 7 right and um and so it takes me a long time to get through those games and I lose a little patience um I think game systems have evolved to just make things 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 easier for us today that back then filled us with glee because we had power that we didn't have before. Like yeah. if you think of a tactics ogre, after you move your character, you're able to adjust the direction they face to protect yourself from a frontal attack or something, right? Yep. And that was that was so novel and cool that we didn't mind having to do that every time. But you go back now and you're like, oh, every time I have to do this, scroll down in the menu, select finish turn right like that sort of stuff we're just used to 
And if you play Fire Emblem and you go back to the beginning, it's exactly the same way where yep. you just have to do a lot for a turn to end. And now you just hit the start button. And it's done. Yeah. You know? Yep. It'll be like, yeah. you have a, you have a unit that hasn't moved. Do you want to, do you want to go ahead and end your turn? Sure. Why not? Ah, whatever. Yep. They're, yep. they're not helping any, anyways. I can't believe that I used to play Fire Emblem games that didn't have rewind. That I used to have to restart <laughs> the entire battle if I lost a unit. Like, that's yep. crazy to me. I like, yeah. now that they've added that, I, I would think, never go back. I think it's one of those things where back then we had less games at our fingertips, like yep. much less games oh, at our sure. fingertips. So, like, it was one of the things that's like, you know, to Pear's point about like going down the wrong path purposefully to find, see if there's a treasure like that was that was in like we loved that because we didn't have as much as like i need to get everything out of this game i can potentially get because i don't know when i'm getting another final fantasy when's the next final fantasy coming you know when is that going to yeah. come out so yeah. well but i don't want to discourage people from doing no, 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 the macy no, 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 and no, playing sure. these games golden sun are they have really nice music too so yeah great it's music cool for for like revisiting gaming history like this, I'm really yeah. thankful it came out. I installed it for the for the flight too, so we'll see. It's, <laughs> yeah. I, also, I will say that having save states is is great. Like Reb mentioned this before. You don't. You know, that was a problem with. Well, it wasn't a problem if your mom wanted you go to bed because then you'd be like, I gotta find a save point, mom. I can't go to bed. But now it is. You can just save point, close your switch, and or excuse me, turn your switch off and walk away. I have one more one more thing before we get to question block. Yeah. About the Miiverse. Oh, let me. Oh. Bring this. Are you getting pink controllers? Bring this over. Oh, oh yeah. Breaker, yeah, breaker. Right. No, no, no. That's that's Citizens Band. This is Hammer. You have to have a license to operate one of these. But yeah, I had my first uh my first uh net uh on Tuesday with the rest of the members of the Penn Bay Amateur Radio Club. So, it was it was pretty awesome. So do you like sit there at night and it's like Trucker Joe 14, Trucker Joe no, 14. No, 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 you, uh, no. You're thinking no. of CB rate. You're thinking of truckers and stuff. This is this is more a more formal thing. You get on there. So it's like saying, ISS Space Station, ISS Space Station. How are you doing today? Almost exactly. Yeah, I have to say, like, <laughs> when you log on, you say, uh, uh, I have to say my call size. So I said, KC1, uh, TUX, listening. And then if somebody happens to also be on, they'll call back and they say, KC1, TUX, this is whatever call sign. And then we strike up a conversation. I haven't gotten that far yet. We did. It's a formal thing where the club meets at eight o'clock and, you know, uh, the president ran the net and he kind of calls people. He, there's like a roll call who's here. And then he goes through and he's like, what's up? What's this, that, and the other. It's really cool. It's the nerd. It's literally the nerdiest that. thing that I am uh, involved with. But uh, I, one of the members of the club came and helped me mount the antenna to the roof of my house. So I can now so good. You know, communicate. It's seriously the like nerdiest thing. I love it. I love it. Oh my god, I love it. I love, I love it, too. it. It's pretty I impressive love... that you work at IGN, but the nerdiest thing you do has nothing to do with games. I know, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> it's, yeah. He, he cleans. He cleans old consoles with weird uh, acid solutions too. So there, there's plenty of nerd to go around with Seth Macy. But it's it's so <sighs> yeah. funny because today we spend so much time making sure that people we don't know can't contact us. And we go out of our way to not talk to people that we don't mm -hmm. know very well because on social media, social media has trained us that it can turn ugly. I yeah. love this. This is so wholesome. Well, that's uh, what uh, Gabe, who helped me set up my antenna, he's like, oh, you know, Ham is the anti-social media because everybody's excited. Everybody wants to talk and everybody is like nice because they want you to participate. So, no, I mean, granted, you know, there's jerks in every every population but by and large everyone's just like cool and, and helpful and thought like helpful he just came to my house and helped me hang an antenna because i didn't have a ladder so yeah 
It that rules. Do you, uh, do you guys, so you say you guys meet as groups and like kind of chat, like, like at set times, do you, does that, yeah. do you guys ever have you guys talking over each other? Like, do you no, ever no, no, have multiple? There's, you know, there's like an etiquette and sort of a, a flow that you use, you know, uh, the, the, there'll be the net controller who's running the conversation and he will, you know, he'll say his things and then he'll go through, he'll do roll call and then he'll go through and say, hey, what about you, so-and-so? Uh, what do you have to say? And yeah, I've only been to like a formal one and then mm. there's the, what they call the chimes net, which everyone just chimes in. And that's just a more like, hey, how, how was your day? What's new in your life? that sort of thing. But there's a there's a there's two licenses ahead of the one that I have that are much more involved. And somebody in Maine, actually, on, on one of the Facebook groups for ham radio, uh, who on the 10 meter band, uh, was able to contact someone in Japan, from Maine, just like bouncing, I don't know, off the like, you can literally bounce signals off the moon or off the ionosphere, or the troposphere or whatever. I, I'm messing that up. But yeah, it's like I said, I digress. It's the nerdiest thing that I do. Nice. Let's get to Quemston Blanc because I have one that I'm really excited about. <laughs> uh, I asked Jada and uh, Logan to prepare a little bit ahead of time. And Noah Eastwood asked, if you weren't ever working in the game industry, where do you think you would have ended up? Now, I wanted to put a little spin on this and see where the members of the cast would think that the other members <laughs> would have ended up. So I'm curious, Jada, I want to know where do you think we all would have ended up if we weren't working in the video game industry? Keeping in mind, I've only been doing this for six years. So Wow. Okay. Um, Seth, um, I, I feel like you're kind of, you've kind of, you know, based on just your nerdiness, I feel like you would have run like an antique shop uh, for like electronics, <laughs> like vintage, like electronics. That'd be the best. Um, Logan, I get strong accountant vibes from you. <laughs> I don't know why, but I get strong account. You're very meticulous about things. I get very strong, that's, like that's accounting, a very strong, like accounting or like a financial analyst kind of mm. uh, kind of vibe. Uh, pair, um, man, <laughs> pair. I feel like pair in another world would have been like maybe like uh. I don't know, maybe like a like a producer or whatnot. He's so mm -hmm. you're very mm -hmm. like kind of like content focused. So I feel like you'd have like I... went into producing for like like maybe animation or like uh that type of stuff. I think. If yeah, I would have loved to have done that. Save me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, technically we're in media, not the games industry, yes. but we yes. are in games. We're in games so. media. Yeah, I always get mad when people say, you know, games. We're in the games industry. It's like, no, you guys are in media. Yeah. yeah, we we talk I don't get mad. I just you know. <laughs> sure. All right, Logan, your turn. Throws a Joy-Con against the wall every time. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> it's okay. He's got uh, plenty. So weirdly, for Pear, I had a very answer. I said he'd be a film director. I don't know why. That's that's just what I picked. So Jada and I had similar answers for that. Uh, Jada has. We all know Jada's like the best gamer out there. So has really good reflexes. So I said that uh, she'd be a race car driver. I said that. Hell I don't yeah. Know, Formula yeah. One. You know, honestly, the game you may be surprised to hear about the best uh, genre of game I'm at. I'm the game genre of game I'm best at is racing games. I've won nice. multiple trophies for like racing oh. games. I just I get bored with racing games, so I don't stick with it. It's one of those things like, yeah, I'm really good at it, but I'm not passionate about it, sadly. So. OK, so that, yeah. that makes that pick even a little better. That's good to know. Hell yeah. And then I said Seth would be a uh, stand up comic and eventually land a spot on a late night show. 
That'd Hell be, yeah. I could that see was, that hands down. Yeah. That was my high school dream when I was, uh, well, yeah, when I was in high school was I wanted to be on SNL. So that's a, that's a pretty good one. All right. I took some quick notes for you guys too. So okay. I'm ready. Let's hear so it. Seth, Seth would have been an astronaut, but like in the early days, in the 1970s, he would have, <laughs> he would have tried to break the uh, sound barrier in, in a jet and then tried to go up to space and he would have orbited uh, the planet. I don't think you would have walked on the moon. You just don't like that place. Mm -hmm. Um, Jada would have been an MMA fighter. For that sure, was what because, I was going to say. Because her competitive what? spirit, like if you don't let her play video games, she's just going to beat the crap out of people. I did, I did play sports for about 15, 16 years for multiple. I did wrestling for one, like, like, uh, for like half a year um, and just didn't enjoy it. But uh, I could see it. I, you know, maybe like without the, the wrestling portion. Uh, yeah, no, no, for sure, for sure. I think you would want all the trophies, regardless where you work. So that <laughs> that's the one way to play, get to it. And then Logan, Logan, I think you would be the guy on the boat in Disneyland doing the jungle tours. Oh no! <laughs> you would, you would, would the jungle, that. the jungle cruise. You would tell people about the back of water. <laughs> wow, why? Why, why is that what I'm doing? Yeah. Well, eventually you would run the park, of course. Okay. You know, I don't want to limit your ceiling, but that's that's. <laughs> That's in your current point of your career. That's where you would be. Okay. Well, that's my turn. Uh, I mean, Perry already took my answer, but I was going to say more like a, mm. like a jujitsu instructor. Mm. Like you'd be rolling around and just like making people tap out. Cause again, you do have that competitive spirit. Also, you're pretty, you're pretty damn tough. Uh, for Logan, I thought like <laughs> Logan, I could picture you being like a high school teacher of yeah. some mm. subject. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, Cause I you just have it. that, uh, yeah. Okay. Perfect. You have that sort of, uh, the very intelligent, but very almost relaxed demeanor that I think would put kids at ease. I can just, I, for some reason I can just imagine you go, okay, guys, enough is enough when they start to get a little out of hand. Um, that's and then for pair, you see saying, that's the next t-shirt is, is just a picture of Logan saying, okay, guys, enough is enough. And then, uh, pair, you strike me as a, someone who would be like a diplomat. Oh, a politician. Yeah, I've got well, that. Well, no, not a politician. All right, like diplomat. someone involved in diplomacy. Oh, um, hostage crisis? Can I do hostage, hostage crisis, crisis negotiator? Yeah. That's exactly yeah. what I was going to say. Yes. No, for sure. Yeah, I was oh. thinking I was thinking about that, you know, lots of crises around me always. And then real quick, I'm curious uh go around and what your answer for yourself would be. Jada, where would you be if you weren't working here? Uh, if I wasn't industry. working here, uh, I had, I guess I'd still technically be somewhat in this industry. Um, no, 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 you're not in okay. this industry. Okay. Not outside, realistic. outside of this industry. Okay. Non-realistic. I'd say actor probably. Nice. I like to yeah. do, I like to do a lot of different characters and stuff. So acting was a passion for me. I auditioned for a few roles in Hollywood for a short while. Oh, damn. Obviously didn't, made it pan out, but you know, is what it is nice all right logan what about you yeah well i was kind of always torn between two things either pursuing IG disneyland or, or accounting or work in the jungle cruise ride in disneyland uh, no, i'd be i'd be in baseball broadcasting for sure that is what i'd still be doing Ooh. i did it in college i did an internship for it i was in a bunch of clubs and classes for it and it just didn't pan out and yeah so that that's what i'd be doing yeah, that's yeah. one of my favorite like secret backstories is that Logan yeah, used to call baseball games, which I think is so awesome. That's amazing. Here. What about you? I, 
Well, if if I weren't in gaming, since you didn't say you can't be, it, it has to be non-media, I would still be in media, would be working on documentary films. Um, you know, that was the direction I was going in. I went to to journalism school and really liked long-form documentary production, that sort of stuff. Loved shooting cameras myself and getting a backache from how heavy they were back then. <laughs> so nice now. Um, yeah, so I, I, would, I would be making documentaries. Did an internship on it, too. I, I did an internship and worked on a... Um, uh, uh, a documentary about the Reston virus, you know, oh. one of the airborne nasty viruses that killed uh, all the monkeys. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could still be making documentaries in all your free time. It takes a long time and a lot of travel <laughs> to, to do those. And then, you know, how big, how big can they get? And you know? think of all of the exclusive Joy-Cons and Amiibos he would miss out if he was out there, like, wouldn't, filming these things. Wouldn't be true. able to buy them. Wouldn't, yeah, but expensive. at this point, if... Pear had gone into the documentary film. He wouldn't have Joy Cons. He'd just have like every red camera and every like a collection of all of those. Mm. Uh, I I I am a technology file technophile. Yeah. I, I, by the way, Seth, I watched all your stuff from CES and that oh. see through television. My goodness, I don't it know was, why I would want television. That's, that's that what I, I said see about through, but... CES was exactly like Las Vegas in that it was a whole lot of fun, but everything was completely unnecessary. Think about it. You could put your television in front of a television <laughs> and see that's, through one. That's actually kind of cool. I actually like that for my multiple gaming displays. <laughs> you know yeah. me, I like to play multiple games at once. So there we go. Yep. Yeah. Always. Actually, you, if you're not watching the video, Jada is playing DDR right now. Right now. <laughs> during the podcast. So. <laughs> uh, well, as for myself, I think I would have probably ended up in IT uh if i had actually i can uh, see that yeah if i applied myself i would have probably ended up there and not snarky like... enough for it though is that what it is yeah I'm trying to... it guys always the guys to tell you to restart your computer yeah maybe 10 or 15 user error i've mellowed out <laughs> <laughs> i am uh refreshing my linux knowledge though i did have a linux server certification at one point and i mm. just thought it'd be fun so you know uh, the second nerdiest thing that I've done is I set up a Ubuntu file server in my house, and every night I go on there, I SSH into it, and I play around um, on the command line to reacquaint myself with it. Yeah. What is SSHing? Uh, Do I even want to ask? I don't, maybe I don't want to. It's a protocol to like oh, go securely go into a computer over a network. It used to be Telnet. I'm sure you remember Telnet. Um, it's just another. It's another protocol that's, but this one's secure. So there's two. I'm not going to talk about pass keys in uh, <laughs> encryption right now. Now they're so, all going to hack your your storage. Well, it's not face. It doesn't face the internet. It's only oh, on okay. my local, right, only on it, my go. local network. So, right. yeah, it's fun. That's what I do in my spare time. Nice. <laughs> when I'm not playing Golden Sun. Uh, all right, Jamatello Jamster, who uh, has, I don't know if that's really their name or not, but it's a great probably name. is probably is. Uh, you think the Switch sequel will have Amiibo support? Will we even have Amiibo then? Logan, what are you Ooh. thinking? I hope so, but I don't know. The last Amiibo we know about is the Sora one that's coming out next month. And I think we'll maybe learn more in the next Direct, but Super Mario Bros. Wonder didn't have Amiibo support. It doesn't oh, look like Princess true. Peach does from what we know. Like These games aren't shipping with Amiibo support anymore. And I feel like maybe once they wrap the Smash Brothers series, that could be it. But then they surprised me and launched these really niche Xenoblade Amiibo. Like, I, I could see it continuing. Yeah. But Who are they for? Amiibo? I don't That's know. That's crazy. For us. No, who, who are the Xenoblade ones for? It's uh, it, it's so Xenoblade late fans? after. Mm -hmm. 
uh, after after the game. No, um, so when when they're when they're designing the Switch Two, right? Let's say that the Switch Two is an upgrade and is backwards compatible. Nintendo almost obsessively makes their machines backwards compatible with the previous ones, right? Like we, mm-hmm. I mean, we we've we've got controllers that allow you to do Wii-like stuff so that they can actually replicate some of those experiences. Obviously, Wii U also reuse the controllers. I could see them, if it's not too expensive, I think they'll include the NFC chip, but I think Amiibo as a concept are over, you know? That's not to say that they're not gonna come up with a new concept for what to use NFC for, Mm. but for now, I, Mm. I don't, I think outside of backwards compatibility, I think, if they had to cut cost cut somewhere, it'd be the first thing to go. Yeah. Okay. I Ada, where you sit in this issue. Yeah, I think um, I could see them including Amiibo support, but I don't think it's going to be a built-in feature. I think because I think they're winding down on it. I think it would be like a plug-in kind of thing where it's like you have a USB that leads to a little dock. Like a can dock. Skylanders. Remember the 3DS oh, hockey puck like, that you could connect yeah. to the 3DS models? Yeah, yeah kind of like that. To where it's like a like a USB, like when it's in docked mode, you can plug into one of the USB ports, and then you can just have it plugged in like a little station next sure. to your Switch, and you That's can fine. leave an amiibo docked there at any time to like to activate it for whatever game you're playing currently, or you can swap it in um, easily without having to, um, you know, tap it to your controller or whatever. Okay, um, is right. my thoughts on it. Well, I think you're all wrong, and I am going to tell you why. Because the Amiibo have got to have the most amazing margins because it's just a dumb piece of poly-extruded plastic with a tiny little NFC chip that costs nothing anymore. And no, I'm sorry, Pear, because we are out of time. That's all the time we have left for this. (laughs) They'll cut the chip, and it's even cheaper. Okay. Like, like three cents. Before we go, I have a few favors to ask. If you're watching us on YouTube, leave us a like and a nice comment. If you're listening to us on a podcast app, please leave us a review. It helps us spread the good MVC word and we'll be forever in your debt. And remember, MVC is the only place where you can get the thing. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.